Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Thursday. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera with you. And we got another big podcast coming up for you. We've got uh, a one-on-one interview that we did with Tucker Barnhart, which we think you're really going to enjoy. We have some Nico Horner slander out there nationally that we're going to attack. And yes, maybe we're 30 seconds late, but we were talking about Jordan Lowe's versus the three quarters versus the high tops. So you understand that it was a very important question that slightly delayed us by 30 seconds. Forgive us. Thank you for putting that over the show. Because I think it was more important than the show, too. (laughs) For 30 seconds, at least. Chad is rolling. And by the way, (laughs) Steven on the ones and twos today. What's up, Steven? Yeah, Steven much. Cody, can you show everyone your shoes so they understand why we were talking? These are nice shoes. Look at those. Have you I've ever worn those nice. before? Yeah, I've worn, worn these these in here. Those, those high. Uh, that that mids, was worth right? the these 30 seconds. Jim, Jim Deshays wore those, I think, to Cubs conventions. Somebody wore yeah. that pair. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, that's a nice look. Yeah, it's like a you know a, a, a dark, dark blue type yeah, dark color, navy. Right? Dark navy, black The only black reason laces. I wore them is because I actually got to drive my car to work today. So Very nice. Didn't have to go through all the snow and stuff in these things. Because if I would have had a commute via the train, we'd be wearing some Adidas right now. And you should have seen Cody down on his knees looking to make sure he wasn't in the yellow line where he was legal to park. (laughs) I'm driving by just watching him like, oh, man, he's really really getting down on this one. Listen, like the curb yellow for like a fire hydrant or something. That's one I do watch. I parked out there last week, and I, Mm. I went and looked like three or four times, and I parked so closely that actually there couldn't have been more than like a half an inch between my front of the car and the car in front of me. Listen, listen, I've made it almost two years in this city without a, t- a parking ticket, and I'm not trying to change like to change that streak. That's bad, Juju. Saying that it loud. Yeah, you, you're gonna you just jinx yourself. Not to get off track, but I once got a ticket for not having the updated sticker on my plate, mm, and I had the damn thing in the car, <laughs> just hadn't put it on Brutal. yet. Hadn't put it on yet. Oh, was I mad? Brutal. All right. All right, anyways. Uh, hey, if you're watching us on YouTube live, we appreciate that. And to everybody in the chat, that is obviously the best way to enjoy the whole experience. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, though, so it just pops up automatically. And then give us the five-star review. That would help us greatly. We appreciate it. Also, if you're downloading it on Spotify, five-star review. We don't like four stars. Four stars are for podcasts on other networks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Got that Five right. stars only. Even if you only think we're a two-star, give us a five-star. You know what I'm saying? Please Give us a five-star and then leave some constructive criticism like the guy who said that I say like way too much. I like that guy. Yeah. I feel like you've he left that. five stars but said that I That's that I say like way too much. I'm pretty sure he left five. Yeah, yell at Cody as much as you want, but just, you know, five stars. <laughs> it works out. Uh, also, very <laughs> exciting that we have our very first ever Goose Island CHGO Cubs virtual happy hour. Ooh, yeah. Coming up, yeah, next, next week? Wednesday, next eight Wednesday. o'clock. So we hope everybody in the chat's going to be there. Uh, we'll be tilting back a few Goose Islands yeah. at home. Got to be a diehard though, so make Gotta sure you're diehard. signing up. Go on, you know, chch mm-hmm. Sign up for that diehard membership. You know, come come hang out with us. Come join the family. Come join the community. It's going to be the right, the one with the most vibes. Yeah, we'll have some most Goose Islands. Island. The one well, happy hour with the Here's most Here's the vibes. deal. Other teams have had them here at CHGO. We need to blow everybody out of the yeah. water. That's what I'm saying. We, like, we don't want we don't want to be just like seconders or like that was a nice happy hour. No. We've waited a long time for it, so we need you to start recruiting your friends and we need your faces. Please, no just letters up there in the Zoom like <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, if I'm going to show my face to all of you every day, we I deserve wanna, to see your face. Oh yeah. That's right. We want to see Colada <laughs> eye to eye once. Yeah. On Zoom. Eye to eye Colada. <laughs> We're looking oh, yeah. for it. All right. So the Let's get to the slander right out of the, the gate. The slander, here we because go. Because first I saw MLB Network. MLB Network is going through and rating players at every position. We did it in the podcast last year uh, just for in the division. They're letting the fans put out their top 10 list for the position, and then they're putting out, they're doing a show and putting out their top 10 list. I didn't watch the show. I've only seen the two graphics. Same. The fan list had Nico Horner, I believe, at number six at second base, okay? Mm-hmm. They put out, MLB Network put out their top ten, word after it, right now. It says, right now, it says, top ten second baseman. So I don't want to look at this list 
and hear this crap about, well, he's a shortstop. That's why he's not ranked in our top 10 because it says top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. And right now, he is the second baseman of the Chicago Cubs. I've, I've never heard Stucky more fired up. Well, Jose Altuve, some of the guys at the top of the list, you can look at it and go, I, I understand why. Jose mm-hmm. Altuve, number one. Jeff McNeil, number two. Jimenez, number three. Marcus Simeon hits a lot of home runs, four. Brandon Lowe, okay, maybe five. When you start to get to six, seven, eight, nine, and ten on this list, yeah, I do think it's a, it's, it's a lack of respect for Nico mm-hmm. Horner. Like, I, I think it's almost slander. Right. Cattell Marte is a pretty solid player. I'm not saying any of but, those guys are bad. Well, yeah, but, like, he's the one on there that I'm like, okay, that one makes sense. But Brendan, Don- Brendan Donovan, like, yeah, he had a great rookie year. I believe he won rookie of the year. Or was 126 it? games. But, like, yeah, we're, we're talking about on. one year. Nico Horner's been yeah. in the league for a few years. He's coming off a great season. He's been in the gold glove conversation. Yeah, well, and then I told Luke, I'm like, oh, at first glance, I'm like, oh, just because maybe he didn't play last year, hasn't played at second base really in a few years, like, okay, maybe that makes sense. But then I, I've also seen someone comment about, you know, Jad Chisel not being on the on there, and 75% of his career games have been at second base. So, yeah. it's a, I, don't, I don't know how Nico Horn doesn't make the top 10 list. It feels like he should. He was, I, I mean, he, at least defensively, was probably at least in like the top, 10 of, of shortstops last year. So you move him over to second base, that defense is, is still there. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, I've it, got it, the it numbers for list. you. i got the numbers yeah, for you. Luke's and Niren says, you know, he's got to prove it, right? I agree, but the list they have says right now. Okay? And by the way, Donovan needs to prove it, and he's on the list. So that's why I don't buy that excuse. Steven, give us the graphic that I put together comparing him to some of these guys that are ahead of him. And Nico leads almost every – first of all – I tried to combine baseball reference numbers, fan graphs, so all the stats nerds out there can, I tried to put in old school numbers, new school numbers, I do my eye test numbers. Nico Horner, everybody tells me war is the most important thing, right? If you have to just grade a player on one thing, it's probably war. Nico Horner, 4.5 war. His war is higher than Labor Torres, Colton Wong, Marte, Okay, so now we go to batting average. He also has the highest batting average. So we go old school number. We got war, the all-encompassing one. Batting average, he's got more. He's the lowest in home runs, but it's not like somebody has like 45 home runs there that's ahead of him. The only guy that's really above that group is Torres, all right? But defensively, he's not even close. The WRC plus is fairly close. And then you look at defensive war. Nico's 14.3. Everybody else is a negative number. How could you leave him off the list? If you're going to tell me watching the Brewers that Colton Wong is a better player than Nico Horner, I test, I'm you're out of your mind. I'm surprised that Colton Wong is a, def- a negative defensive war. That's like the one yeah. thing he's always been like known for is the defense. This, these were just, this, just, just 22. The only numbers for 22. Brendan Donovan, 126 games. 4.1 more. So, again, lower mm. than Nico Horner, smaller sample size, batting average exactly the same. Again, negative defensive war. Polanco's on the list. He's a 2.8 war with a negative 7.2 defensive ne- metric. Where did they come up with the list? I Man. count on MLB Network. First of all, I trust a lot of the people at MLB Network. Like they're, they're, they got a lot of smart people working there. How did they come up with this second baseman list? I'm also yeah. it's also weird when you look at Brendan Donovan specifically the fact that he played like seven not eight different positions seven different positions uh, on the field like he never really was a full time second baseman and he he's seventh on that list on MLB Network's list I, I want to say yes um, so he's he seventh. they ranked him seventh twenty six I mean, games maybe the the idea is that he's going to play more second base this year for the Cardinals. Um, but he didn't play a whole lot of second base last year just because he played all over the field for him. Um, so to say, like, oh, you know, he's probably going to play second base a lot more for the Cardinals, so put him on the list. But then, right, again, but not to not Nico. have Nico, um, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. All right, so if you're in the chat or you're listening at home, let's look at the list one more time. When you say top 10, and we include some of the guys that are later, who on that team would you be willing to trade Nico Horner for? Take salary out of it. Just look at the top 10 second baseman. 
Would you be willing to take Glaber Torres back for Nico Horner? Absolutely not. No. I wouldn't mind him at third base for the Cubs, <laughs> but I wouldn't take him for Nico no. Horner. Would you take Colton Wong in a, in a straight-up trade for Nico Horner right now? No. Hard no, no for me. No. Steven, you're a Sox guy. Anybody on there where you're like, yeah, I, I feel that. Like, I mean, I'm, obviously the Sox Are don't have a second age here. Sure. Sure. sure yeah. Just straight-up players. Just straight-up top ten right now. Forget the money part. As much as I hate the guy, I'd probably take Altuve over him. I would. I, I think I Altuve mean, yeah, has, I, has I, yes. Mc, McNeil has some injury history. He had a really good year last year. I think he was batting champ. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Marcus Simeon's. A, I don't if, know if that's repeatable. If you were trying to win right now, I'd, I'd probably take Altuve yes, yes. over Nico Horner. Yes. Those top four, they're 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 ones you can argue. Yeah, I Marcus think. Simeon, you could. But yeah. when I when I get to the point where I start factoring in money here, no. No, I'd rather have Nico Horner. These guys mm-hmm. are making substantially more, with exception of Colton Wong, who, I mean, even the, the Brewers weren't even sure they wanted to keep him. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure how I'm he's not, left off this list. I'm not saying he's number one or number two. I just think it's a total disrespect to completely forget the guy. Because as Ryan's pointed out, you can't use the excuse that he played shortstop. Yeah. Uh, Shane in the chat, he points out that they left off uh, Albies as well. So yeah, and he's yeah he's that? very good. <laughs> great, that's a great point. Yeah, what? Yeah, I I just did I did I read it? Was this an article on the Onion? I, <laughs> was this was this an Onion post or or was it really? Luke has gone full me well, on this segment. I'm just Luke, looking at Luke it thinking it doesn't make up. sense. <laughs> am, am I getting am I getting punked? No man, this is MLB Network. They put this together and then hit send, and they were like, let's see what the what we started like let's let's see the fire we started sometimes i wonder how much of it like you think that in the back of their minds they're talking about like you know what? Let's, let's troll people though. let's get the conversation going let's yeah let's let's get some hot takes out there maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit you never let's know let's see if we get chgo cubs and talk about it we <laughs> yeah. should just start Basically. doing our top 10 list of guys around the league top 10 second baseman in the league like yeah. the chgo well, cubs we, we got enough time between now and the start of this season <laughs> oh, yeah. we will be doing it uh, Luke also, Del Mendo, also, Dustin says, <laughs> I, Colada's got a great one. Michael Colada, is it Altuve with or without Ooh. the wires under his jersey? Yeah. Zing and the truth. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> Let's be honest. Also, just want and to even point though out the Astros just won again, me. he was awful in the postseason. What's up, Steven? I just want to point out the chat reminded me that Colton Wong's now a Mariner. I forgot he got traded he over there. He is a Mariner. He's not yeah, a Mariner Brewer. But he was but yeah, with the Brewers yeah, last yeah, year. They decided they didn't want him. Right. He also, uh, Shane also says Jake Cronenberg, uh, too. From the Padres, he's pretty good too. They, they love, but he's, I mean, moved, Horner, he's oh. moved to first base. They're saying, or is he? I'm, I'm not sure. So I guess you couldn't say right now if you wanted to put that list. There's, there's clearly some dudes they left off outside of Nico Horner, but I mean, yeah. But I'm just telling you, I wouldn't. Yeah. Three quarters of the guy in that list, I quarters of them, I wouldn't trade Nico Horner for any of them. I'm with you. I, and some of the ones at the top, like Steven said, are making absurd amounts of money. So if you want to factor the money into it, mm-hmm. it's not even close. Yeah. Are I think the one, the one on there that irks me the most is Brendan Donovan, especially after what Ryan just said about how he played all across the field, which I knew he could do, but I didn't, really real, I didn't realize he didn't play a lot of second base. Here's uh, um, I had to pull up. He didn't play up. a whole season. He had played 38. He didn't play a whole season either, I think it was yeah. 38 or 34 games. Brendan Donovan at second base the mm-hmm. whole year, and but which to be fair was the most he played at any one position last year. But to say like 38 or whatever it was out of 160, that's not even a quarter of the season at second base. Yeah. It's he he was a really good utility player, and especially in this day and age, like those are very very valuable. The 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 versatility is entirely valuable in major league baseball but when you're doing a ranking like the best second baseman and you're right. going oh this is a guy that was the utility guy for the yeah. cardinals last year it's it's tough to like really say like he even if he is a good second baseman if he's if this is a guy that's going to keep moving around like okay maybe you know maybe, maybe he's not a, a when you're putting together a, a list of second basemen he doesn't really fit the criteria just because he plays all over the field and not there like yeah. there was that one year when chris bryant wouldn't have been on like a third base you know, all-star list or whatever, because it was at 21 maybe when he 
He made the All-Star team and left field, didn't he? Because he was he played left field like the entire year. Didn't even play third base. In 2019, right? Well, whatever year it was. It was in the last few years, one of his All-Star years, that he was pretty it was much. It 2021, maybe, probably. I, I know he, because that was a year he was playing like mostly left field. And it yeah. was one of those years where they were like, they needed Chris Bryant to play all over the field just because guys were hurt and mm-hmm. they, they needed his versatility. And you wouldn't have ranked him as one of the top third basemen at that point, even though he probably could be just because he was playing very little third base compared to the rest of the spots he was playing. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those to me. Like, I wouldn't have put mm-hmm. him on a top 10 third baseman list just because he played left field probably, like, the majority of the games or more games than he played third base that year. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic to me. And, yeah. and speaking of the list, just to see Marcus Simeon up there is just for the other side of town. When you think about when we come up with these crazy trades on our podcast or any other podcast or any TV show, and you say, well, I'd include this guy for this guy, or let, let a guy just leave the organization, a la Kyle Schwarber, uh, there are times you regret it. I would say they, the Sox might regret Semyon almost as much as they regret Tatis seeing it, kind of what a turd he's become a little bit. And I think... I think he was part of the Jeff Samarja trade for the White Sox. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Whoops. Like, you know, they really got that one wrong. So be careful who we include as a throw-in guy. Sometimes we overvalue our prospects and young players in our favorite organization, and sometimes you undervalue some of those guys, and they make you regret it greatly. Yeah. Thing is, is you can get past, you can move on from some of those blunders if your organization has depth yep. and is really good at developing players. So... Unfortunately for this, for both teams in this city, we have been, uh, we have both been, you know, held back because of those those decisions, uh, and have struggled to maintain mm-hmm. uh, prospect depth and continuously churn, churning out, you know, good prospects. So that's that's the other end of that spectrum. Yeah. Did we do Fernando's uh, super chat? Fernando. Fernando always in your super chat. Shout out to Fernando. Shout out Fernando. MLB is slanted. Mad Dog would number 10 guys from the 1940s. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing against the guy, but he is, he like, he's super hot takey. You know what I mean by that? I'm not attacking MLB Network in any way, shape, or form or anybody Mm. specifically on the shows because I think almost everybody on there is really good. Mm-hmm. This list is garbage. I agree. I was just saying that like he can be super hot takey and like the way some some of the sometimes he says some things to like where he's kind of still stuck in like you yeah. know old school and it's like he has some dude it thoughts. is twenty twenty three can 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 we get a little bit more modernized here so I, I get what he's saying as in Fernando right. that's why they paired me with you guys yeah, yeah we, we we balance each other that, out you know, that I was right? going to be in the seventies and eighties a little too much. <laughs> Luke was going to be yelling about batting average every day. Can Leon Durham get some respect? And, and pitcher, he still talks about pitcher wins. If we're being honest, he did mention he did mention uh, pitcher wins <laughs> yesterday when we were talking about Kyle Hendricks. That's right, saying that he had more wins than <laughs> Lester, Arietta, and, and someone else. That's, that's, that's factual. You yeah. can't you can't I mean, deny it is, that. It is correct. It is correct. That's why when I when I went to look at this graphic <laughs> and this ranking, I made sure to put old school stuff. <laughs> And the new school oh. numbers, he so everybody could understand. It was a graphic for the people. Luke was on. Were you on fan graphs or baseball reference to get those war stats? Both. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I mixed it. I did some baseball reference. The The war well, the was WRC from, plus two. Is, yeah. The, 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 the war is <laughs> from baseball reference. Yeah. Uh, make, the defensive yeah. metrics are from fan graphs, and WRC plus was from fan graphs. Of course. Uh, where you got the war would make Brendan and Corey mad because they're Fangraphs podcasts. Yeah. Well, I I kind of glanced at F War, which is Fangraphs War, right? right I'm mm-hmm. learning. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, the the F War, the F War was again slanted toward Nico again, like he was still the tops of the list. Yeah, so it, was, I it didn't it. it didn't matter which one I used. I just tried to be you know fair to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't so want Fangraphs to feel left out. What do you sure. do you know what B War stands for? Yeah, baseball war. Okay. Baseball uh, <laughs> do you know what Green Ridge Farm stands for? Real meat. Let me tell you. Right now, True. it's it's getting you know close to 2 o'clock around here. Man, I'm starving. I, if I had a meat stick in my pocket or on this little side table, would I hammer that thing right now? 
Yeah, we can go for some meat sticks right now. Mm. Meat sticks with some Goose Island? Let me tell you. Oh. That's a hell of a combination. Like, I'm surprised we haven't seen, you know, Naked Man firing up the grill right there on the on the pal- on the balcony, throwing some meat sticks on the grill, you know. And just even though it's winter, just get them going, you know. B war, uh, is that beer war? It could be. G War, Greener's Farm. You guys Farm get war. to watch this show for free. <laughs> like like, isn't that amazing? Oh my god. Uh, Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with a 16 grams of protein per stick to make a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. I think the chicken one was my favorite one that we... Yeah, the chicken one's nice. Had them all. Had nice them all. mild taste. It's not too strong. Yeah, you've had them all, but I really like the chicken. Um, haven't tried them yet. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. They're delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making, and being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternate alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Greenridge Farm, simply natural meat. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually, last about two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Ready to sign up for a facility assessment? Call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours. To speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative, email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. I saw Dustin saying this is his favorite part of the day, this show, and that his boss hates it. Yeah. You know and what? I, because I, he's not working and he's listening to the show, or does he work you so know, at the mayor's office? Is to keep up with the chat, and so it slows him down on his work. It's okay. You um, can take an hour out of the day. Yeah. yeah. What's an hour going to do? Liam asked if, if, if his boss was his wife, and I thought that was funny. It's a, it's <laughs> a late lunch break. Yeah. Well, he is late a surgeon, though. He's, really. a, he's a what? No, I'm, I'm making that up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we did some interviews. Ryan and I sat down with about five or six players at Cubs convention. Got a quiet room so we weren't distracted by all the noise. And today we're bringing you Tucker Barnhart, who is one of the under-the-radar signings for the Cubs this offseason, right? Like, yeah. certainly not a lot of fanfare. It wasn't some big, flashy signing but I think even on paper, you can look at it and say, I can see ways that this guy will help the Cubs win more games. Yeah. I didn't get to be in on this conversation with you two, but I did sit in on the Ian Happ like, podcast recording, and Tucker Barnhart was up there with uh, Jamison Tyon, and he had a lot of great things to say yeah. there. So I'm intrigued to hear what he had to say to you guys after listening yeah. to that when I was at the convention. Yeah, he's, a, he's a very good quote. Like yeah, he he very his answers are very well thought out. He knows what he's talking about. He's been in baseball for a while. He's a good baseball mind. Um, so it's always guys like that 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 like to talk about baseball. You just you love talking to them just because you know you you know you're gonna get have a have a good conversation and and learn some things from him. So I'm excited to recap what we talked about. All right, so here is the Tucker Barnhart interview from Cubs convention. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be here on the chat to uh, chat with you. We're here with Cubs catcher Tucker Barnhart. And uh, Tucker, first of all, welcome to Chicago. Thank you. Welcome to Cubs convention. And as a guy who spent a lot of time in Cincinnati, we know you know what Wrigley Field is like. But in the recruitment process of free agency, what drew you 
to want to join this organization right now? Sure. You know, obviously, I think first of all, I'm an Indian. I'm an Indiana guy. I grew up around here. I, I so being close to home has always been a plus. I got super lucky um, in Cincinnati to be home to be very close to home and and, and everything. Uh, but in Chicago, obviously, is just about. The same, uh, the same distance uh, from Indianapolis to Cincinnati was. So that was that was at the top of the list for me, uh, being close to my family. My oldest son's getting ready to start school, so that was that was one thing. Um, and I think, I, as I, I'll speak for myself, I think playing, being able to play at the big league level, um, playing for the Cubs for me was like kind of a bucket list thing to do. P- playing every day at Wrigley Field, uh, being able to call that home, was something that that I think I didn't really get it until free agency uh, but it was something that was like a but like a, a bucket list thing that I wanted to be a part of an organization that from everything that I've heard from guys that I play with have they treat everybody with the utmost respect and they do they bend over backwards to do everything they can to make you make you comfortable make your families comfortable um, and, it, and so it just it, it felt right it feels right and uh, I can't be more happy when we were introduced to you a few weeks back. Um, you mentioned that during the process, you kind of leaned on Wade, Wade Miley, a former teammate of yours, uh, as far as like his experience here. And and you mentioned how he kind of said like, no, he can't pick another organization that does it better. To hear that coming from a guy who was realistically on in this organization for less than a calendar year, did that do anything more to kind of convince you this was the right move to of make? Of course, I, I, I Wade and I have gotten really close. Uh, we got really close in Cincinnati. Um, I value his opinion and what he thinks at the highest level, you know, and, and to hear him say as many good things as he said about, about the organization from the, from the clubhouse staff to the, to the traveling secretaries, to the, to the coaching staff, to the trainers. To, and he, I mean, there was no bad thing that he could say or nothing, no critique that he, he could say that they wished that they, that the organization would have done better. And so, I mean, I, I hold that in a high regard and, um, that definitely played a part, um, in in my decision um as long as well as the other stuff that I mentioned earlier but it was uh it meant a lot to me for sure uh Jed and Carter in their panel at Cubs convention talked a lot about how in the free agent market it just sort of they looked at ways that they could beat the market right and and defensively I think it's pretty obvious that they thought that was one spot that they could do it you bring some gold gloves with you a lot of guys with gold gloves here how can that impact a game maybe more than just a regular fan will look at it? Like, does defense get underrated in baseball? I think it, I think it has a chance to, just because it's not the sexy thing. It's not the three-run homer. It's not the, uh, not the, the big hit or whatnot. Um, but I think the way that I look at it, I think that baseball, you sustain periods of winning with pitching and defense. Uh, I think you have to be able to weather – the times when your bats get get cold, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, so I and I think it's as simple as this to me. It's like if you pitch and play defense, you're going to be in a lot of close games. And you hear it all the time that one one pitch, one play can change the outcome of the game. And that can only happen, and that can only be true when you're you're in one and two run games either way. And in order to do that, you have to pitch and play defense. And I think that you can underrate it I think um I I think it's I I think underrated is a stretch but I do think it's undervalued at times um and and I'm I'm so excited I I texted with with Hosmer when he when he signed as I mean we're gonna have gold all over the field and he said you you better believe it so it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be cool I think and I think it provides a level of confidence for pitchers that they don't have to be fine they don't have to punch everybody out we're gonna punch guys out no question but when when you have the ability to you have the Marcus Stroman's of the world that that get ground balls at an extremely high rate, I mean the confidence level that that has to give when there's Gold Glovers all over the field, um, it's got to be you got to be got to do something for for your ball club for sure. You've mentioned previously that 2022 wasn't quite the season that you wanted it to be. Um, and reflecting on that and, and trying to you know move forward, obviously with the new team now. What are some of the, the things you've tried to work on this off season? Like what are kind of your goals for this off season as far as when you once you get to spring training, you are able to kind of start that process of bouncing back. Sure, no, it was absolutely not the season that that, that I wanted to have last year, um, and quite quite honestly, the worst season of my career. Um, but I learned a lot. I, I grew I grew a lot um, 
personally getting out of funks and and learning what what the the warning signs I guess you would call them in, in terms of what I'm feeling or what things look like when I'm starting to go go when things are starting to struggle a little bit I guess um, and how to how to recognize those quicker um, and I think obviously even even a guy like myself who's been around for a while I think you still got to learn you're still constantly learning right and um, you know I, I I know that that the player that that I want to be and I know the player that I have be, have been in my career is is there and is in there and it's just I there's a constant growth I think that, that you're trying to t- trying to chase after um, so to put like one specific thing that I'm or goal that I'm going, I'll keep that all kind of to myself. But I I know that this year's last year was going to be just an outlier year for me in in, in a negative way, obviously. But there's a lot of good baseball left, and I'm really happy to be doing it in Chicago. You mentioned growing as a player. There's different rules. A lot of rule changes come in this off season. What do you think of the new rules, and how do you think they will impact the game? Whether it's you know the pitch clock for the batters, whether it's the bigger bases, which I still don't fully understand in my <laughs> Me head. Either. Like I'm in, I'm envisioning like a big bouncy room out right. of second base. No doubt, like, no doubt. Uh, the bases to me, I, I think are just going to be something that nobody really even notices. I, I haven't seen what the new bases are going to look like, but I would think that it would have to be like as big as this table for us to really like notice that the bases are bigger, yeah. or like the old softball base or little league base where yeah. you had the the red or the orange one that you had yeah. to hit or whatever. Yeah. It would have to be something like that. I think um, that's just purely an assumption. Uh, the pitch clock, I think over time, and, and I think in spring training, all the kinks are going to get ironed out, and everything's going to be it's virtually unnoticeable I think once the season starts the one rule for me that that and I probably I know I'm biased because I'm a catcher the the pickoff rule where I guess I don't know the the exact wording of the rule but there are limits to how many times pitchers can pick off um, when guys are on base and being a catcher that puts us kind of behind the eight ball when every base runner knows that the guy's reached his pickoff limit or whatever that is and it's gonna be it's gonna be chaotic, I think, there for a start for, for at the at the beginning um, in terms of that rule. But um, I'm anxious to see how they uh, how they how they go and how they work. I I'm I've always been a guy that like I I use a, an old cliche that my one of my buddies that played the big leagues uses. He's like, you don't buy tickets to the opera and expect a heavy metal show, and you don't <laughs> buy tickets to a heavy metal show expecting the opera. So I think there's so many things that, that are that are going on, so many rule changes that are being talked about that I think that we got to be careful not messing with the integrity of the game because in between inning times and stuff like that, that's really not messing with the game. But the pitch clocks of the world, the, the limiting pickoff attempts, I mean, you're starting to mess with it a little little much in my opinion uh, but again it's just the world we live in and world we play in and we'll have to adapt and we're pretty good at that I guess but uh, we'll see well at least having caught Wade Miley in the past you're a little familiar with the speed <laughs> right no doubt, clock, no right? doubt. Um, but as far as the bigger bases go I one of the theories that I've seen kind of thrown out there I guess you don't really know until you do it but uh, with the I guess shortened distance in between bases you know guys sometimes stealing second base are out by mere inches sure. right have you thought about that, like how that can affect the way you catch and control the running game as far as if those inches are taken away from you, yeah. you got less a space to get a guy out, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think there, there's just so many, there's so many variables that go into throwing guys out. Um, it's time to the plate, where the pitch is thrown, who the runner is, what kind of jump he gets. Now you're throwing another variable in the bases in. So obviously I think it's going to play a part for sure. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I'm very anxious to get to spring training for a lot of reasons, um, and I'm very anxious. The, one of those reasons is the the changing of the rules and how everybody adapts to that, and uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Did you use Pitchcom yourself last year, and what did you think of that? Was that we we did we um we started we kind of in my opinion, and it was I don't it was nobody's fault. We just didn't think it was going to take on this or everybody wasn't going to use it right away Mm -hmm. but it ended up happening where a lot most every team used it and we didn't but we started to we kind of just said the hell with it and and made the pitchers do it um the second half of the year um I love it I didn't like it initially I thought it was just another gimmick that they were trying to put in the game that was going to alter things but I think it is a really cool 
cool thing. Um, and I think it was, it's absolutely necessary now with the pitch clock. I think you, you have to, it's just so much faster, especially when there's guys, guys on second base, you can't really run through a sign sequence. Um, and if a guy shakes you off, you're going to be at the, at the back end of the, uh, at the, at the clock really quickly. So I think it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. Um, I think I heard there's a rumor going around that there's a possibility that a pitcher has a transmitter. So he, if he wants to tell you what he's thinking, mm -hmm. he can tell you or by hitting a button or whatnot. So I, I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I would like it if it was, um, I think it'd be cool. When you look at this team, and obviously as a catcher, you you are obviously more involved with the pitching staff. Um, the Cubs have built a lot of pitching depth, and especially with starting pitching. Um, just from the other side of the ball, you know, behind the plate, what is that excitement level for? What is your excitement level for that and, and knowing all the um, kind of dependable arms you got on the mound when you're going to be out there? Sure, it's great. Um, I You can never have too many, too many good arms, you know. I think it's – it's inevitable that guys are going to go down. Guys are going to need to skip starts, miss miss starts for for certain things, and you need to have guys that are ready to go, um, and as many of them as possible. So I'm looking forward to meeting all those guys. I'm uh, from in the in a baseball setting, obviously meeting everybody this weekend, but uh, having those conversations, learning who they are as pitchers. I mean, you can look at video, you can look at numbers. But you really, it's hard to kind of get a feel or a grasp who a guy is on the mound until you're catching him. So, like that, I think in spring training, those those bullpens and the side sessions, even in the games, those those games are so pivotal. So that when we get here to Chicago on opening day, it's we hit the ground running, and instead of having to feel each other out um, when when uh, when it all matters, you know. So it's uh, I'm super excited. I, I we I went and played catch with. With guys yesterday, uh, we had a little workout before before everything last night, um, an optional deal that I went out and just got to meet guys, got to watch them throw and, and play catch and talk, and that stuff's big in my opinion. I, I love to hear that you guys are already throwing. You haven't even made it to Arizona. You're willing <laughs> to throw in this weather. Do you think uh, your veteran presence and also Jan, I'm curious how well you know Jan, but between the two of you that your veteran presence is something that can really benefit all of the young pitchers that are coming up because it's not just the guys that are on the 40 man. Now it's the guys that are coming up after them as well. Like this team is really focused on developing pitching. Uh, the hiring of Chris Breslow really kind of changed Craig Breslow. Craig Breslow I'm sorry, changed the, um, the trajectory of this franchise sure. for pitching. Like, do you think that you guys can really help them in that way? I think so for sure. I, I, I I've talked with Jan, we exchanged texts and stuff. Um, after I signed and just kind of talking about about some of the guys, um, obviously talking this weekend, um, it I, with Jan and I behind the plate, there isn't going to be a situation that comes up that's going to surprise us. It's like we've seen kind of everything there is. Jan um, won World Series. I mean, he's seen everything, right? So um, I'm excited as hell to work with him, uh, to learn from him. I think we both have both have a lot to offer to, to our young guys. I think you have to have at this day and age in the way baseball is played, I think you have to have two everyday catchers. I really do. And I think that in any at any time out there, if if it's me or if it's Jan, there's a it's a starting caliber catcher that's in the, that's behind the plate for our for our team, um, that has the best uh, interests of the, the guy that's on the mound at heart every game, every inning, every pitch that we want them to do as well as they possibly can, obviously. Um, so I, I think we do. I think we have a lot to offer the, uh, this group of pitchers, um, but we have some vet, we have veteran arms too that we're going to be able to learn from. I think it's everybody consistently trying to get better uh, every day is what's going to get us to where we want to go for sure. Before we let you go, my biggest question, and, and this is the rumor around the Cubs convention. The Dark Knight is your favorite movie. Can you confirm <laughs> yes, or deny that? It is. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> okay, sure. well, then we're going to get along just no fine. No doubt. I love that, it. He, he, he could tell you. I, I have claimed that that is the greatest movie ever made. It's a very, very well-made movie. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> so there we go. We'll get along just fine. Perfect. I have one more question. Sure. If you're an indie guy, are you a St. Elmo's guy? Do you like the, the super hot shrimp cocktail? And if so... What Chicago restaurants are you looking forward to trying during the season? Because oh we're, you know, we're known for food, obviously. Yeah, that's that's a loaded question because <laughs> I, I am a foodie for sure. My wife and I are foodies. We will try anything, everything, you name it. Um, so to answer your first, the first part of your question, Saint Elmo's um, is is good. The shrimp cocktail is good. Um, it's not my favorite spot 
Um, I think the the um, the steaks are are good. The shrimp, if you go there, you're going for the shrimp cocktail for sure. Um, but the second part of the question, we've had a lot of very good food in Chicago already, just traveling in. Um, so I, I'm excited just to continue to learn about the city and try new spots. Um, I'm a big fan of trying new restaurants, uh, new types of food, new cuisine. So uh, there isn't one that sticks out in my head that, that I mean, I've been to Alinea We've been to the RPMs. Uh, we've been to Gibson's. We've been we've done a, we've done everything that that has been talked about at when we've traveled in here. Uh, but I'm looking forward to finding the holes in the wall and pizza spots and stuff like that. Well, then, real quick, speaking of food, you're not on the Reds anymore. Skyline Chili, terrible. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't mind saying I said it when I was in Cincinnati. Okay. <laughs> I think it's terrible. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you put noodles in your chili, like spaghetti yeah. noodles in your chili. Oh, I'm, I'm out. So you, you got better food out here. For sure. <laughs> we're we're going to like you. We're going to like you for sure. Thanks for coming on. You bet, man. Thanks for having me. Had a lot of fun with Tucker Barnhart. Oh. Uh, Got to tell you about Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO, and we're supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster right now, Blackhawks Pale Ale in limited release. Hawks and Goose Island Beer Company have been neighbors for about 25-plus years. Uh, the Goose Pub is in the UC. It's been open for about 10 years now. Tap Room, great pregame destination. We went there right on Fulton, had a good time. For our commercial, Bull City 312, limited release, very good uh, Christmas IPA. What's your favorite right now? My favorite right now is this, uh, I mean, it's not the Bulls or the Blackhawks one, but this tropical beer hug. The IPA. Uh, from Goose, the IPA. Yeah. It's an Imperial IPA. I'm not, a, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not a big IPA guy, but I like this that one. one. And maybe it's because of the 9.9 alcohol percentage or whatever. For the vibes. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'll let y'all decide. Uh <laughs> All I know is vibes. That, that's that's my thing. So I've always been more of the. I absolutely recommend yeah, no, this three, one. I'm I'm a standard beer guy. Three one two. Three one two is good too. That's I also like Green Line. Green Line's one of my favorites as good. well. Goose Island, two uh, local locations open and ready to welcome. Grab a beer right now from the Innovation Tanks at Goose Island Tap Room, eighteen hundred West Fulton, or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House, eighteen hundred North Clybourne. Good place there as well. For reservations, pick up. Go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company. Happen to have them on board again. Going to be part of our uh, virtual chat. So happy you, hour you were talking about their their um, their tap room. Yeah. Right? It's a great pregame spot. You can go there, pregame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also join us at the Blackhawks takeover coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, at, the, at the Goose Island, uh, you know, Pre-game spot at the UC. Oh yeah, uh, and you can you can join us at the takeover, uh, or if you can't, you can get your tickets on game time for a future game at oh, a Blackhawks yeah. game, yeah. or a Bulls game, game or, time, Woo. or a, or a, the Cubs this summer, White Sox too. If you just want to be nice and give them some money, uh, let me tell you, game time it's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows ever dreamed of. Sitting in a seat you never thought you could. 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on, like I said, Blackhawks, Bulls, uh, the summer. You know, the summer's right around the corner, guys. Cubs, White Sox, if you're one of those weirdos who likes both teams. Created by the fans for the fans. Guarantees. The lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. If you're on YouTube right now, or if you're uh, you know listen to it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to us, it's in the podcast podcast description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Man, that felt good. I've been wanting to do that ad read for a while. Begging for it. Well, I mean, yeah. 110% into that one. Yeah. That's was, what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, Tucker Barnhart, I, first of all, I really like him as a person just in the first initial conversation we had with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, before we played the interview, I just I said I think he could be an under-the-radar move. I don't think he's, you know, is he going to be the MVP of the team next year? 
No, but I think it, they needed that extra piece. We kept saying, well, Wilson's gone. What are they going to do with the second catcher? And for a while, we thought maybe P.J. Higgins would just be the guy with Jan Gomes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I think Barnhart is, a, is one of those. He's a good major league player, but he's a very good defensive catcher. Yeah. And that's just that's just the route they're going. Right? And I think he ha- he he kind of put it out there. He said like last year was a disappointment for him, but he hopes yeah. it's his outlier and he hopes to prove with the Cubs that he's the other guy. Yeah, Listen. and 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 it's kind of what we talked about like especially around the time that it became clear that Wilson wasn't going to be re-signed mm-hmm. and and you know come back to the Cubs. It was more like, okay, we know what the Cubs have in Jan. We know what they want to do with with, you know, their catchers and and you know, cheaper options that provide really good, uh, you know, defense that can handle the pitching staff well, call a good game, like those soft factors, the intangible kind of things is what the Cubs were looking for, and that's that's obviously the direction they went. Um, Barnhart, two-time Gold Glover in his career, I think it was 17 and, and 20 is was when he won Gold Gloves. Um, he's going to be splitting time with Jan Gomes, and I think that's – that's a good thing is like you're not counting on him to be your starting catcher you have two veteran guys who know how to catch major league bullpen or uh, major league pitching staffs bullpens obviously of course but uh major league pitching staffs and and do that well are respected in the game for that um you don't know exactly what you're going to get offensively from them you might get a few jan gomes type games remember that that one yeah i think we're sitting on here the watch party we had right the jan gomes game is what we called it Um, the esteban kiros game is still (laughs) the most famous he still hasn't let that go he still wants those who you got points uh maybe tucker barnhart can have some (laughs) games like that too but i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna if they can get you somewhere near average offensive production from the catcher spot i think you take that because of what they bring defensively um so, I mean, the, the move was always – it was more of a low-key, minor move, but it was a good move as far as bringing in a guy who's going to help the pitching staff, especially the younger pitchers along well. Uh, he's not going to – it doesn't seem like he's going to cost you games. He's going to provide good veteran uh, – a good veteran presence in that clubhouse. And, um, you know, I, it's a good signing, and, and he's a good guy. He's obviously a great guy. You can tell from that interview. I'm excited to see kind of what he – if you can kind of rediscover a little something and bounce back, let that 2022 be that outlier year he talked about. We'll see if he can do it, but I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how he kind of goes about this time with the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, to me, when people, the people who are kind of down on the Cubs catchers right now, which I get it, Wilson was the guy, right? Uh, you got to remember that Wilson DH'd like a lot last year. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that the Cubs are going full-minded uh, defensively on this position, uh, to me, it's an underrated move because when you have a catcher like Wilson Contreras, who you know had made the All Star team as many times as he has, was a fan favorite, all mm-hmm. these things, and he goes to your rival team, uh, the fact that the Cubs just kind of threw all that to the side and said we want to go this route because of this, uh, it shows like their belief in their pitching staff and how well how good those guys are at what they're good at. It, which is def- being a defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, of course, whatever they give you offensively is 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 a plus. But again, you know how many times we saw Jan Gomes batting in the middle of the lineup last year? Like, like way too many times. <laughs> this year, you're probably going to see the see him and Barnhart batting either eighth or ninth. And eighth, if if David Ross tries to go with that classic, you know, leadoff hitter in the ninth hole or whatever, you know, to to turn the lineup around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is not an everyday thing. It was a, you know, every now and then thing. So you're going to see those two guys at the bottom of the lineup, and whatever those guys give you offensively, it's going to be – it'll be a plus, no matter what, whatever they do on those days. And Jan Gomes had his days. And when I think of Tucker Barnhart, the guy almost was like a little bit of a Cubs killer. Uh, not, not a major one, but, like, there were times where that guy, like, beat the Cubs a few times – over you know when it, in his years with the Reds, and again I'm not saying he's some offensive powerhouse, but yeah he needs to get back to what he's what what he was doing with Cincinnati because when he was with Detroit it wasn't was well, I don't know what it was I don't know if it was like a different team or the fact that the Tigers are just awful you know what I mean like Detroit will bring anybody down right so <laughs> uh, you know it it obviously is a big uh, bounce back. Prove that you're still, you know, a solid major leaguer type year for him. But again, you're, you're, he's going to play what, 60, 62 games, 82 mm-hmm. games, whatever, somewhere 
uh, I can't math, 80-some 80, 80 games because he's going to split time with Jan Gomes. So uh, what, whatever they do for you on offense is, is great. You're just hoping that the lack of offense that they have doesn't bring the team down. Which And if it does, that means the guys that you're hoping are giving you offense aren't performing. And so then we'll start to look at them being liabilities if that does, in fact, happen. So that's the only downfall of the route that they went. Uh, but, again, I, I, don't, I don't hate the fact that they did that. No. Well, Ryan, you mentioned the pitchers, right, yeah. and how he'll benefit young pitchers. And think of all the different voices that they've now – put together to speak to these young pitchers when they come up. Not just Tommy Hadovy and Breslow. Like, they they have – on that, that's the pitching side of it. Then you have – don't forget, David Ross is a catcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you have two defensive-minded catchers. So you have three guys that can talk defensively from a catcher's perspective to these pitchers about what they need to be doing. Thinking deeper into the game about – pitch selection, pitch location, all of that stuff. So they're getting they're getting their background from a catching background and they're getting it from a pitching background. So they've clearly made the focus on run prevention. Yeah. But I saw Michael Collado also mention that like he's he said he's looks, trying to be positive. Yeah, yeah he's trying he's to, being he's, weirdly positive. That he's that, he, <laughs> that Jed has sort of collected a good group of positive influences, right? Basically. And and I'll I'll take that a one step further in that I think back to the Bulls when they used to it seemed like only draft guys from big programs they they made a point of saying we want guys from winning programs so that's how you mm-hmm. end up with Kirk Heinrich Chris Duhon Lou Dang. it worked on some it didn't work on others right this isn't that they're not they're not taking guys that are just good guys or positive clubhouse influences they're also taking guys that have a defensive background i think this is a smarter route than actually what the bulls were doing in in a on basketball side of it like just taking a guy from a winning school doesn't mean he's going to be good yeah yeah this at least has you can see the direction where it would influence the young pitchers it might influence miguel amaya right tucker barnhart's not going to be here forever Right yeah. and and, ne- and neither is Jan Gomes. So if Miguel Amaya is your next catcher, or it's one of those guys behind him, who you know kind of broke out a little bit last year, now you have two veteran guys who can say this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Amaya is a guy like he's. We, we keep we've we've talked about prospects. He's one that we keep kind of forgetting about because he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Been hurt. Yeah. He's supposed what he's supposed to play in the WBC, and they said at Cubs convention that he's that he's healthy. He's going to be coming to yeah. camp like. Nothing holding him back. So I do think that their veteran leadership and knowledge and all that could be very good for someone mm-hmm. like him. That's kind of like what Mon- Montero and Ross were for Contreras. Uh, so, you know, I I like where the Cubs are with what they have in catcher. And I know it's an unpopular opinion because ever, so many people were, you know, huge fans of Contreras. But I – I, I refuse to believe that losing Contreras is going to be the reason that the Cubs don't make the playoffs next season. Yeah, because I mean, there's there there are ways to, uh, you know, kind of offset what you lost with him. Um, bringing in guys like you know Danzy Swanson has had two really good offensive years. That if he can continue that trend, should be good. You know, you hope that Seiya Suzuki takes that step forward uh, yeah. after a full year in in the major leagues and a, a real regular off season. Um, you, you hope some other guys can take steps forward. So there's ways to offset what Wilson brings. Um, but when you look at it defensively, you know, not, and then, again, not to knock him, but just the reports that you, you see, his scouting reports, all that stuff, it was never about what he did defensively as a catcher as far as game planning, calling a game, you know, the soft the soft factors. Like, that was never part of what, re, you know, the, the reports said Wilson was really mm-hmm. good at. The reports say these guys are really good at, at doing that kind of stuff. That's the direction the Cubs are going, and, and we're going to see if it works out for them in, in the way they want it to. But, you know, at least they're kind of sticking with it. You know, they, they got two high-character, defensive-minded guys uh, behind the plate now and in, in Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart that if it works out the way they want it to are going to really have a positive impact, maybe not with the bat, but just positive impact overall on this pitching staff, the pitching infrastructure, the, you know, just helping these guys acclimate at the big league level. And that's, 
that's the goal, and that's if that happens. I mean, you this is, this is, they knocked that out the park. And turning the direction, going away from Wilson, and and going in this direction. If it works out the way they wanted to, like that's they they obviously were were correct in that. At least they picked a lane, right? Yeah, like, at least they picked a lane on which way they want to go. And I I do think when you talk about Wilson, the first word that comes to mind for me is passion, right? So they've replaced. They're trying to replace a lot of things. They're trying to move more defensively minded, but how do you replace his passion? Well, they're replacing his passion in different ways. Uh, if you listen to Dansby Swanson in his opening press conference, there was just as much passion for the game. He just told you in a, in a more quiet, he, he told you that he was going to be more of a quiet leader, lead by example guy. He wasn't necessarily going to be pound the chest, get on my back, which everybody loved that about Wilson. And I'm not saying that's the wrong way. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a lot of the guys that they've brought in may also have the same passion for the game, the same love for the game, but in a quieter form or fashion, their leadership comes across slightly differently. So maybe, maybe that's another thing. Maybe their leadership message is reached differently by young players than somebody else. I don't know if that's a fact or not. I just know if you have to replace Wilson Contreras, one thing you have to replace is his passion, and I think they're doing it with different forms of passion. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have some guys that you're going to want to run through a wall yeah. for next right. season. Like, if, if Steele comes out hot like he was in, those, in, in, in the summer of last year, guys are going to, like, fans, players are going to want to, you know, people are going to – get excited for Justin Steele day. And like Christopher Morrell is another one of those guys that shows emotion and has passion. And Nico Horner is the fan favorite. And he's a guy that the front office has even said, you know, has leadership qualities. And and, and we were just talking about him, about how like he should be a top 10 second baseman on that MLB network. Cause they have, they have other guys that bring the same type of energy that Wilson Contreras is Wilson Contreras why people loved him as much as it did is because he was just very open about it. Like he, like whether it's crying in the in the in in, in, the, in the clubhouse uh, before the deadline or you know at the end of the year, whatever it was, it's whether it's that or you know anytime the Brewers hit him and he charged the mound or something like that. How about and, when he circled home plate and slammed his bat down? Yeah, and like, like types, I, loved, I loved it. Don't yeah, get me wrong, right. I loved it. So like, yeah. but to say that they don't have. Some of those, some guys that have those same types of qualities, maybe it's just not as out there. Just don't wear the heart, the emotion on their sleeves. Like, yeah. as much. That's perfect. perfect. So, say that. yeah, I mean, we're going to miss the bat. There's no doubt about that. But I think that this team is built on pitching and defense. That If they're going to be successful, it's going to be – it's going to be because of that. Yeah. And it, that pitching and defense, people have been mentioning it in the chat, and, and it, it takes me back to something uh, Tucker Barnhart said in the interview that basically what he was saying is that we, you know, when you build your team on pitching and defense because the offense you know, will have its slumps off, the bats will, mm-hmm. will, will cool off here and there. But if you have the good pitching and you have the good defense, it's going to keep you in a lot of games. It's going to keep you in a lot of those one, two, three-run games. And – what we saw with the Cubs last year is once the pitching started to get more stable, like the rotation, guys weren't often on the injured list the entire year, like kind of more more second-half type. Um, once you saw that start getting stable, you saw even more of those one, two-run games. And, and the part that sucked for the Cubs is that they didn't have the offense to win most of those games. Like they were in them, but they weren't winning them because they didn't have the offense. Now you're building a team that's even better defensively, looks to be even better pitching-wise, and then you hope that Dansby Swanson can carry over what he's done. Nico Horner take if if some of those guys if, if things go right offensively, you're gonna the Cubs are gonna find them, themselves on the other side of those one two run games a lot more often than not than compared to where they were in 2022. They were losing a lot of those one run games just because they didn't have the offense to make up for it. Whereas if if some if things go right, they'll be on the other side of that a lot more often in 2023 because the pitching and the defense is better and is going to keep them in those type of games. And again, those those the first half of the year where it was so bad, the reason, even though they were in a lot of one-run games, their bullpen kept them in it, but and then they would, you know, they would the thing is is they would fall behind early. Now that I think that the starting rotation is a little bit more shored up and a little bit more you can feel a little bit more confident in it with Stroman, Tyone, 
Steele having the big you know year that he had last year for his for the standards that we had set for him on top of you know Drew Smiley and you know you have depth with Samson and some other guys like you can go into 2023 feeling good about the starting rotation depth so if they just are good you you potentially could you know have a chance to get a lead before you give up a bunch of runs because that was a that was really how the Cubs lost a lot of games in the first half of last year was just their starting pitching unable to even go more than four innings. Speaking so. of Justin Steele, we'll have our interview with Justin Steele coming up a week from today, next Thursday, yeah. here on the CHGO Cubs podcast. Ryan's going to have an article coming out with more from Tucker Barnhart at allchgo.com. If you're a diehard, by the way, don't forget, discounts, you get the card, you get the merch, you get uh, tailgates to the, the, the tailgates, all the events, but the, the virtual party coming up, the virtual happy hour. We're looking forward to that on yeah, Wednesday. Definitely. Then we'll follow the it up on Thursday with uh, Justin Steele. Yeah, everyone in the chat, you love we love talking to you through the chat, but make sure you're on there. You got to be a diehard mm-hmm. to be in that happy hour next Wednesday at 8 p.m. February 1st. So make sure you're signing up. Diehard membership. Go to allcashow.com and get that done. Please join us. Hop in with us. We'd love to talk to you. Shout out to Carlos. I like that comment. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. Yeah. That's fair. He does wear it's his emotions true. on his sleeve. It's not even just Actually, for the Cubs. Actually, he wears it's his emotions on his Jordans, but yeah. that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Corey and Brendan have a podcast coming on Friday for you. We will see you back here on Monday. Until then, fly the W.